Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Umbrella Podcademy, a podcademy for exclusively umbrellas. I am Alex, and we will be talking about one of the episodes of Umbrella Academy, Man on the Moon. Uh, yep, episode four, I am Pete. Hi, is it episode four? Is that? I felt like we were much farther into the season. Nope. Oh, okay. There we go. I guess that was wishful thinking. Uh, Justin is off this week, but we are going to be talking about Man on the Moon based on the Jim Carrey movie of the same name. And just to start it off, Pete, <laughs> what did you think about this? Good adaptation? Did they really like hit all the points that uh, Jimmy hit well, in his flick? Well, first off, first off um, you know, we got to back up the truck a little bit. When you said wishful thinking, I didn't appreciate that little uh, dig you did there. Uh, don't try to sneak things past me like that. And uh, yeah, this has nothing to do with the Jim Carrey vehicle that was really amazing. Um, no, this is completely different. Um, but we kind of get the story of how number one, Luther, kind of uh, became the giant uh, hulking mass that he is now. Now, we should mention, as we usually do at the beginning of these episodes, go watch Man on the Moon first. We're not going to be recapping every point. We're going to be broadly talking about it and diving into some specific points that jumped out at us. But it's going to be spoiler filled as we're catching up here. So there you go. But the broad strokes of it is of the episode is, as you mentioned, we find out uh, what happened with Luther, why he has his gorilla body. Uh, he teams up with Diego and fights with Diego as they're tracking down five, who is real bummed out because he's trying to track down this eyeball that he feels is the key to the apocalypse. And as yeah. happens later in the episode, due to some machinations from Hazel and Cha-Cha, all of those eyeballs get blown up and he ends up on a deep end, dead end. Uh, so on their side of things, those things are starting to come together, but they're left with more questions than answered. I mean, it drives him to drink. Uh, yeah. You know, and he's and, very little. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but also, I want to point out in that uh, that creepy Jack in the Box that has the little monkey with the umbrella uh, really stuck with me, and I was hoping I would be able to move past it, but uh, it was too creepy. I will say one of my favorite things about the show is how they work umbrellas into the yeah. title sequence. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, it is. I like that. I, I, yeah. I know I'm very negative on the show, but I want to give it some compliments now and again. Yeah, I, I, think that. that's, uh, I like umbrellas. They're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, actually, like, is a little bit of a side note. Justin to- hates umbrellas, side note. Oh, a side note. Here's a side note to your side note. Uh, my son saw me watching this episode. He's five years old. He saw me watching this episode, and he said, Umbrella Academy? What is that? And I said, oh, it's about a school where they learn how to be umbrellas. And he said, <laughs> what? No, Dad wait. Joke. Why is Why does that uh, guy called number four? And I said, well, because he's the fourth umbrella. Out Stop of total lying to your kids, Alvin. He didn't believe me, like not even a little bit. <laughs> To his credit. What are you trying to do? <laughs> I'm trying to lie to my kids, and it's very unsuccessful. <laughs> Glad your kids are smarter than you are. That's yeah. really messed up. Am I smarter than a five-year-old? No. No. Nope. <laughs> so we'll get back to the whole Diego Luther five thing that's going on. On the other side of the family, we've got Allison, who's trying to... Uh, bond with her sister Vanya again. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Vanya is being romanced by Leonard, oh, the, the creepy, creepy dude who sucks. F- fucking asshole. Fucking asshole. I'm Co- glad that Justin isn't here so we can freely talk about Leonard and how much he sucks. Oh. Uh, I kind of want to, I hope Justin doesn't even listen to this episode because no, it's won't. very hard to not talk about the show just because you watch it or you're like, Leonard sucks. <laughs> not only does he eventually suck even worse, yeah. but I knew he sucked from this point and then yeah. I was proven accurate. Well, you, that's the thing. You know right away, right away that this is a really creepy dude. And what, uh, what's frustrating is Allison is giving Vanya some solid advice like, yo, man. That dude was in your apartment. I found a dude in your apartment. And she's like, well, it's Leonard. He's, I like him. And it's like, no, stop. Walk there does feel like uh, there. there's two halves. I, I sort of go in two directions. And now we're just getting away for the recap, but who cares? Uh, there's, there's two directions I go in here. One direction is it feels like they're dumbing down Vanya for her to accept Leonard who, like you said, sneaky to her apartment. Granted, he left flowers for her, which is a good fate. But as we find out at the end of the episode, he stole her pills and is dumping out her pills. So we get confirmation that there's something very wrong with whatever he's doing. But Vanya is smarter than that. Like, even if she needs companionship, she's smarter than that. Yeah. The other... Oh, go ahead, Pete. There were, there were just so many red flags. And then she was like, I don't have my vet- medication. And he hands her coffee and it was like, it's a great day. Like, are you hearing the words that are coming out of her mouth? She needs medication. You can't be like, well, it's a nice day out. Have some coffee. You'll be fine. That's not how things work. And this is a little bit of a side note, Pete. But whenever you say, are you hearing the words that are coming out of her mouth? I can't. Help but think of ain't nobody understanding the words coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Thanks. Uh, but the other side of things is her relationship with Allison, which I do think is more realistic. If your yeah. sister was like, that guy is creepy. Stay away from him. There's something wrong with him. And you already are kind of jealous of your more beautiful, more famous sister who is more successful of you and is always telling you what to do in your life. You're going to naturally uh, push against that and go to this guy instead, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that is part of the 
sister dynamics the same thing with brothers anytime one brother tells the other brother what to do they do the opposite but Allison is really trying to give an olive branch and is trying to make their relationship better and is working hard at it and it just sucks that uh, you know, Vanya's too kind of in love to listen to reason. I think, again, this is something that I think they do well with this particular plot line where she's trying to repair her relationship with Vanya, but at the same time, she's sort of looking at it as a project. Like, clearly her life is falling apart. She looks at gossip magazines that are talking about her relationship disintegrating, and she sees it as, oh, I can repair Vanya. I can redo her apartment. I can make her better. I can, you know, take her out for fancy drinks, maybe get her a nicer outfit, uh, encourage her at the symphony, at the Icarus Theater, which is very appropriately named, um, all of these things. But that's that's just going to push her away to the point that you were saying about siblings. Uh, ultimately, it's just going to great against her until she's going to push in the other direction. Did you have that relationship with your brother or have that relationship with your brother, Pete? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a love-hate relationship to, for sure. Um, and it's just tough because it's like as an outsider looking in at this relationship, it's so clear to us. But when you're in it, it's harder to see. So it's just like a lot of, for me, yelling at the TV, get away from the creepy guy. Um <laughs> But I want to uh, talk about one of our favorite characters who has a big episode, and that is Klaus. Yes. Klaus has an amazing episode. So he was captured by Hazel and Cha-Cha at the end of the last episode. He is held hostage and tortured by them in their motel room over the course of the episode. And we finally get a little bit of backstory about Klaus. We find that he was also essentially tortured by his dad, Reginald Hargreaves. Oh, that was awful. Awful, thrown in a hole, forced to see ghosts in order to train his powers. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but he Hargreaves is basically a fucked up Professor X, right? Yeah, yeah, if you can imagine that, because Professor X is fucked up. <laughs> uh, but uh, Klaus eventually, he's not actually able to harness or use his ghost powers other than talking to his deceased brother, Ben, until the end of the episode when he finally pulls it out on Hazel and Cha-Cha, pulls out some information that breaks them apart. Um, I, to be blunt, don't love this. I I love Klaus and what Klaus does in this episode. Yeah. Well, the, watch, your, watch your tone, all right? Because first never, off... It it starts amazing. Like the whole they're trying to torture him and Klaus is loving it uh, was great. And then they try to waterboard him and he's just gargling the water and being like, thank you. I'm so thirsty. That was awesome. And that was a fun take on like. Uh, you know, what is torture one person is very relaxing or in fact enjoyable to somebody else. So like I really love seeing Klaus kind of like he and he even said it. You picked the wrong guy to kidnap, you know, like they only won't even notice I'm missing. I don't know anything. So that was really funny and hilarious. But then it really kind of took a turn and we got to kind of see the pain behind Klaus and why he relies so heavily on drugs. And it's so he doesn't see and hear all these horrible ghosts that kind of follow around and try to talk to him. And it really makes him very more uh, sympathetic. You understand why he 
takes as many drugs as he does and tries to kind of get them away so he can kind of just have some peace and quiet. Um, but I was also a little disappointed that Klaus folded so easily when they started really torturing him by like destroying his drugs and how quickly he was giving up information. I was, I was a little sad about that. Uh, this is my problem with the sequence, and I know what you're going to be upset about when I say this in a second. My problem is not Klaus. My problem is Hazel and Cha-Cha, which wow. I don't have a problem with Mary J. Blige. She's fantastic. I want to just clarify that. Mary J. Blige is a goddess, a recording artist, an icon. Everything about her is wonderful. Right. Hazel and Cha-Cha, their actions are just a little strained. Like, it's a little like... Like we talked about, it's like watching when Pulp Fiction came out and then there were a million other Pulp Fiction clones that came out in theaters. It's like watching one of those. It's like watching Lucky Number Slevin or something like that. All right. Well, you're you're going way off there. Now, come on. Uh, Hazel and Cha-Cha. Wait, I'm sorry. You're saying it's not like Lucky Number Slevin? That's crazy. Uh, I I don't know. So (laughs) I just think that there, I like that whole working man speech that Hazel gives. Uh, I, you know, Hazel's still going to the donut shop. I appreciate that. The cha cha back and forth. I, I don't know what more you want from them. I thought they're kind of like it was weird when they got fucked up and burned the whole place. But I thought it w- it was fun. Like it kind of fits this mold of we're going to get a real f- cool song with some crazy action. And this episode also delivered that. So I really feel like I'm picking on this episode. And this is my least favorite thing to do. But I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, you do it all the time. So, sure, so yeah, let's talk about the dance sequence, right? Super yeah. fun the way that it's filmed. Great to see them dancing around. That's great. But yeah. the end result is no different from what they would have done if they weren't high on drugs. And the idea of them... Ac- Hold on. The idea of them accidentally eating Klaus's drugged chocolate and then getting crazy super high leads to them burning the lab to the ground which they would have done if they weren't super high. The only difference is there was a musical number. That was it. No. no. So first off, fuck you. Secondly, I think that what happened was if they weren't high, they would have gone and looked and found, you know, tried to figure out what's going on or what's so special. What's it? Instead, they were like, fuck it. Let's just burn it to the ground because we know number five wants it. So they just they, kind of took it away from them instead of using it as leverage, which is what they should have done. They should have st- stood there, waited for him to show up because they knew that's where they was going to be and then grabbed him then. But where instead, th- they were wasted and were like, ah, Where do you think there have been paragons of moderation before? Their introduction in episode two, they destroyed a department store. Trying episode to get to three, him. they broke into the Umbrella Academy and tried to shoot up everything in there Trying as well. to get to him. I know. There's nothing different in burning down the He wasn't lab. even there. There's no reason to burn it to the ground. Burning it down hurts them because now they don't know what he's trying to do. And they're trying to figure out his motives and try to get him. So burning down a place where he would go is a dumb idea. 
It's a thing you want to do when you're high. Let's well, burn uh, it to the ground, man. Let's just burn it to the ground. Agree to disagree. Let's talk about the second thing that I have an issue with, which is how easily Klaus draws a, uh, shoves a wedge between them um, with the revelation that Hazel, is it Hazel who didn't kill somebody? Yeah. I, Hazel I mix up which one is Hazel and which one is yeah. Cha-Cha. Yeah. Hazel's the dude. Okay. Hazel's the Cha-Cha. dude. Cha-Cha. Is Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Okay, so we could probably, I mean, it would be easier, first of all, if they just called them Hazel and Mary J. Blige. No, no, that's fun. Hazel and Cha-Cha is fun. Hazel and Mary J. Blige, also very fun. (laughs) Counterpoint. (laughs) Okay, it's valid. It's valid. Yeah, Uh, but the way that Klaus is like, oh, I found out uh, this guy, Jan Bondumont or whatever, didn't kill... And they're like, whoa, now we're very suspicious of each other. Wait. All right. First Too off. Too much of a Zel- turn. No, no. Selvin, if you or me are a hit hit team, if we go around killing people, that's what our job is, right? And then you were like, hey, I'm going to go kill this person in an alley. And I said, sweet. And then later found out from someone we were torturing that you didn't do what you said you were going to do. I'd be very pissed and I'd want to talk to you in the bathroom. Well, let's say, for example, you were supposed to do an Umbrella Academy podcast and you said, yes, I definitely have time for that. And then you just didn't show up because you're like, oh, just kidding. I have a work phone call or whatever. I can't make it. (laughs) What what would you think about that? Would that make you annoyed? Yes, very much so. All right. That was a hypothetical situation. Yeah. And also, I just want you to know, doing something with somebody for over 13 years doesn't make it any less painful when it happens. I just want to end this hypothetical. Also, um, it would be too weird for somebody who's not connected to our reality to start naming people we've killed. That would put me in a weird place, and I would want to talk it out with you or at least be like, what the fuck is going on? And so because they've been torturing this guy for days, not getting anywhere, and then things get weird, I thought it was – I didn't think it was – I thought it was fine. I thought it worked well with what was happening. All right. Again, agree to disagree, but we do get the eventual result of this great twist that does lead to some really good storylines coming up where Klaus – Sneaks away in the middle of a firefight, grabs a suitcase, and blips out at the end of the episode, which is a real good cliffhanger. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, but it also ties into the Diego storyline, and this is... Ugh, again, I'm being very negative about stuff, and I don't love it, uh, but Diego has struck up this flirtation with this d- detective. Because they used to date. They used so. to date. And he feels uh, they, like he's in a good place, so he's been flirting a little bit. She's been trying to find out what's going on with Five, what's going on with Hazel and Cha-Cha, though she doesn't really know it, at the same time as Diego is doing it from a different direction. Ultimately, she tracks down Klaus to the motel room, attacks them, tries to arrest them, and then Mary J. Blige kills her. Right. Uh, now, we got to back up the truck a little bit, though, because... Beep, beep. The... the um, Sorry to the throw detective. You off. That was the sound of the truck backing up. No, no, I got you. So the detective is always saying he needs to do things as a team on the book or whatever. And he says to her, final words to her is, I wish you would do things more like I do them, just kind of doing dumb shit and running in without thinking, which when she's kind of waiting for some backup, 
decides, okay, fuck it, I'm going to be like Diego, and it costs her her life. It's still kind of frigging, right? Like, for those of you who don't know the term frigging out there, this is something that was initially coined by Gail Simone. It's a female character dying to motivate the male character. And I do think that's what happens here. It's a real bummer that she dies. I think she dies, if I remember correctly. Like, she certainly seems dead at the end of the episode. Um, to motivate yeah, Diego, I, like have her get hurt. That's fine, but she's an interesting character and it would be interesting to see what happens to her going forward. Yeah. I definitely am not for that at all. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's motivation. I think it was, yeah, I guess, yeah, it comes down to it's motivation, which sucks. I didn't, th- I didn't consider that until now. Um, yeah, that, that kind of blows. I hate that. So I'm sorry that that I'm is... I'm sorry, Pete. You look so sad now. Well, it's just one of those things where I thought it was more a kind of thing where Diego realizing uh, he needs to be more of a team player and hopefully let his family into his life, but that still falls under that. So that sucks. Um, well, think of it this way. You've won probably several arguments in the audience's mind. This is... Just give me this one. I, I just right, got I'll this give it one. to you. All right, you thanks. got it. You got it. Really but it's it. also, um, you know, because Luther and Diego have a lot of back and forth in this episode, uh, a lot about like growing up and how they need to grow up. And it's there's this really cool moment where, you know, Diego kind of flips it and it was like, you know, you're always mad at us for why we left. But it's also like, why did you fucking stay? You know, um, and uh, and then Luther turns it around really great when he points at Pogo because, you know, Diego's making fun of him. He's like, oh, you get turned on by the Nature Channel shows. And he points to Pogo and he's like, is that just another animal to you? And I was like, oh, shit, that was such a great moment. Um, I I think that's one of the fun things about this show is because the relationships are so complicated and we're only getting little pieces of it, it's kind of fun to see how superhero teams work things out. Um, in between kind of like action sequences. So I do r- like the dialogue um, between them. The back and forth uh, is very enjoyable. I do like some of the stuff with Luther and Diego. There's that fun bit where they're both trying to get into the van at the same time oh, yeah. and they won't step yeah. out of the way of each other. Uh, and certainly the rapport is really good. Um, it's... A little frustrating, part of the reason that I wondered whether it was the fourth episode, it's a little frustrating to watch this and everybody have essentially the same information, but not sharing it with each other, which from an audience perspective feels like, could we just get everybody together and have (laughs) you talk and be like, we all know the same things and then just move on from here. You know, it it feels like spinning its wheels a little bit. It feels like the sort of thing that shouldn't be in the fourth episode should maybe be in the sixth episode or something like that. And then you just get past it. Um, but that's not where we are. And that's not the show they're trying to do the show they're trying to do. And I think part of the reason that I never really hook into it is it's much more about this family that is not a team than getting together as a team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes you don't you don't always do the happy uh, shit. You know, you do the struggle stuff. Um, I do really love the old guy who's answering the phone at the gym, Al. 
Very enjoyable where he gets a message from the detective before she dies. And then it's like, if you throw another goddamn knife, that was really fun. Yeah, he's a fun little character. There's fun characters yeah. on the side here throughout as they continue to flesh out the cast and everything. Uh, the dude that five attacks in the car who's like, I sell eyes on the side or whatever it is. Also <laughs> yeah. a very fun character. Yeah. Uh, and I really I like. Luther's origin a lot because of how downplayed it is. You know, you'd think they built up over the course of three episodes how big it is that he has secretly has this gorilla body. And the fact that he got hurt and they were like, give him the serum. And then he was a gorilla man. <laughs> yeah, but it took time for it to kind of go into fact. It work. took time. But the way that they play it out is like, it's not, it's nothing big. Big, you know, it, yeah. it's like it's underplayed. It's a joke in the right way, where it's obviously an enormous thing for him, but it's this very casual, tossed-off thing that Reginald Hargreaves did, um, and that that emphasizes and underlines the cruelty of it. To me, at this point, those are the things in the show that work the best. Are the things with Reginald Hargreaves? Are the things that bind them together as a family? And that's why I want to see. I want to see more of that. Like I want to see all of them together and interacting. I wish the show would just all keep them in the house together in some way, and and keep changing around the different iterations that way. But again, that's not the show we got. That's me rewriting the show, which yeah, is not that- entirely fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I want to say Ben has a, a – this is a great episode for Ben. I mean, we kind of really get uh, Ben's perspective of Klaus, and it's very heartbreaking the way Ben is like, you know, you are alive and I am dead and I have to watch you throw your life away and it's killing me. Well, that was just like really, really powerful, uh, especially because Ben knows – why Klaus is the way he is, you know, like if you had people constantly talking or you couldn't turn off or get away from you, like, uh, you know, that would drive you insane or make you do horrible things that we see Klaus doing. Um, but yeah, that was a real nice Ben moment. And I'm, I'm glad that we are, as the episodes are going on, we're getting more Ben. I agree. Uh, before we wrap up here, any other moments you want to talk about Pete? Um, Man, yeah, Vanya is, is kind of driving me crazy. Um, oh, also, like, having the mom be deactivated and just kind mm-hmm. of sitting there was uh, more heartbreaking than I thought would be, like, seeing it. Um, That's something that feels like a weird extra mystery to add, the fact that everybody's like, oh, yeah, Hazel and Cha-Cha they killed mom when we know yeah. Diego killed mom. That feels like the sort of thing that he could tell them. And that could cause a rift to the family more organically in a way. Yeah. You know, um, also the fact that just spoiler here, but that they don't really ever deal with it again in the first season is weird <laughs> when yeah. it feels like that should be a bigger thing, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've never lost a robot mom, so I don't know, mm-hmm. but you would think it would affect you, you know? Well, get ready, Pete, because it's coming. Oh, man. Don't. That's. I'm going to kill awful. your robot mom. Don't. If you do, I'm going to have to kill your family, and I don't want to do that. 
My real family? That's horrifying. <laughs> All right, Pete, who got top marks this episode in the Umbrella Academy? Who was your top of the class? This is tough. This is tough. Uh, you know, I want to say Klaus because he's so magical, but uh, Ben really moved me, so I'm giving it to Ben. Nice. I'm going to say uh, Klaus all day, er day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just, he's great. He's the reason I watch the show. I think five is very good as well, I've said, I've said yeah. before, but such a good episode for Klaus. So many good things for Robert Sheehan. So many emotions that he goes through and different modes throughout as he's being tortured. The I wrote down the line later on when he gets the suitcase and he says, oh, please be money or treasure. Yeah. <laughs> Which made me laugh out loud. It, it's so good and so fun. And what happens with him coming up is great as well. So and that I'm excited poor to watch woman that on the on the bus. I she mean, was I can't, very excited to see him in a towel. Yeah, but like, can you imagine you were just sitting there on, on a bus, and then the person sitting across from you disappears in a giant light? Hey like, man, you try question. Try riding a New York City bus in the middle of a pandemic. It happens all the fucking time. Oh, man, that got too dark. It sure did. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out and chat with us about Umbrella Academy. Uh, Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more for the Podcademy. We will see you next class! Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.